0: and we are actually moving on into the adult life the life of Jacob and what's going on what's going to go on with him as he goes through going to his uncle's house uncle Laban he's going to go meet with him and going to what he understands to be a short trip he's going to go up there for a little while he's going to find a wife and then he's going to come back and hopefully Esau is going to be soothed and everything's going to work out fine what he doesn't realize is he's about to go on the journey of his life, the real journey. And as we as we go into it, I want you to notice something and I want you to understand something that's real important here. And anytime we begin actually to know and to realize that we're walking the journey of life that God's given us, anytime that we have that opportunity and we see that, we need to recognize that God is doing something very specific here and very important because he's done it for his father and his grandfather. And that is to relate his promises. And one of the things that we oftentimes try to do is we try to live out our spirituality through someone else. And the natural people to do that would be family members. It'd be people we we have a relationship with. And those family members are the folks that we would naturally try to live out our walk with God through, because they would be the ones that have Taking us to church, or they'd be the ones who, who we admired, or we patterned our different parts of our lives after. That would not be unnatural for that to be the case. But for for this fam, it is a it is important promises. It's promises that have significance for the rest of humanity in fact they have significance for everyone from big to small from rich to poor from from this side of the world on the north america and south america to to all the way out into asia and the asian pacific the promises that god gives here are promises that are ultimately going to bring about well they're ultimately going to bring about god's very best and i want you to see that god is a god who individually relates his promises. In verse 10 of chapter 28, it says, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and he went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And that's for obvious reasons. What he said is the sun had set and he stayed there at night and he is going to have a dream. He's gonna have a vision. He's going to have a time. Now, I want you to notice that this is not exactly how God spoke to his father or his grandfather. He didn't necessarily speak to them in a dream. He spoke to them visions, and he spoke to them in face-to-face as far as Abraham was concerned, and he gave him his promises. But for Jacob, it's in a dream. Now notice, why is God doing that different ways? He's doing it for different, in different ways because they're different people. And you got to remember, God is a God of, he's a God of majesty. He's a God of glory. He made the universe with the speaking of his mouth. He formed the earth and formed the solar system by his own hand. He is a magnificent, he is a abundant, he is a wonderful God. But even though he's the God of the great and the mighty, he's also the God of the intimate. Oftentimes when I think about that I, my mind kind of wanders into science. I think he is the god of the he's the god of the big things, he's the god of of, of gravity and time and space and all that kind of stuff. but he's also the god of the little things. He's the god of subatomic particle theory. He controls that too. and in relationship, sure he's the god of his people, he's the god of his purpose, he's the god of his will, but he's also the god of you. He's the God of you individually. He's personal. He is a personal, individual, intimate God. He is actively involved in the subatomic. And you're the small little piece. You're the insignificant nothing that he cares about. And when we when we realize that we're not the insignificant nothing, even though we many times in our life think we are, when we realize that, then we're open and available to the majesty that is him because he's wanting to put place that in us. And so he says he came to a certain place and, and he laid down that night and he went to sleep and then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angel of God, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. What he was seeing was he was seeing that God is at work in the earth, in the spiritual realm in in a way that is not naturally seen by man. And what God was showing him was, I have people that are, I have angels that are at work all around you and they are working my plan and my purposes. In fact, the New Testament tells us that angels are ministering spirits sent to minister to the saints. Angels are actively, regularly at work all around us. And God was showing him that in this dream. He was letting him know, look, I am I'm not just the God of big things. I'm not just the God of your grandfather, I'm not just the God of your father. I'm the God of you. I'm your God. I have a relationship with you. I have a personal relationship with you. And uh, one of my goals in ministry, one of my goals as a pastor, I think it's my main goal as a sh- goal as a shepherd, is to help people see that they have access to God and to get them to go and chase after God themselves. I have a mandate to make disciples and my mandate to make disciples is not to make disciples of myself it's to make disciples or followers of christ i don't need disciples in fact most people don't need to follow me but i need to place their hand in the hand of god and teach them to walk in that relationship teach them to walk in that power teach them to walk in that understanding and uh, really that's what's going on here. He's sh- God's showing him, look, I am at work in the world. I've got this stairway to heaven. I think when I read that I think of the science and how that works in the spiritual because I'm sure it means something. In fact, I know it means something because he says there was a ladder set up on the earth and its top reached heaven. And I wonder what that looked like to him because it it could be a it could be a key to understanding dimensional space and time, because quite clearly that ladder bridged dimensional space and time and caused the angelic to move the heavenlies to the earthlies or the physical world we live in, and yet they were still hidden and they still are hidden from us and from our, our eyesight, but they do operate in the physical as we are here right now. They operate in the physical right at the moment and anybody who has a physics background down the road maybe if you're hearing this this verse is a picture or is a it's, a it's a glimpse of how god operates and how god has created the universe and i don't know how that would be but it excites me to see that god is showing a man who is living 3 millennia past. He's, uh, he's. This is literally as many as 3,500 years ago. He shows Jacob that he is intimately in contact and at work in the universe he lives in. And now that we have greater understanding of that, it is even more exciting for me to know that. See, God, God made everything. And so he was able to speak to those who could not comprehend some of the scientific things that we comprehend now back then and show them things. And yet, we still see them today and we understand them today many of many of the things that we know and understand are spelled out in scripture he says and behold the lord stood above it and said notice god is not god is not just uh, an actor on the stage he's above the stage he's the one that he's the one that set this in course he says i'm above it and yet i'm still being intimately involved in it i'm doing both i can make it and i can be a part of it also He's the director who also takes a little role in the film. He's, he's part of what's going on, even though he's the one financing the whole project. He is the God who is above it and in it at the same time. He said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, your father. He's saying, look, I am the God who gave your father these promises. He said, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give you to you and your descendants. Now... Had he given that promise already to Abraham? Absolutely Ed. Had he given that promise to Isaac? Absolutely yet. Did he need to give this promise to Jacob? No, he didn't. Why? Because the promise had already been made. Why did he give the promise to Jacob? Because God <clears throat> reveals himself in his promises. That's what he does. And just because he told somebody else the promise doesn't mean that he's not going to come and tell you the promise. And that's what personal revelation is about. I've explained to you, you got general revelation. That's the revelation that God gives everything in his creation. He's easily seen in that which he created. That's what Romans chapter one tells us, that God is intimately involved and that he is made this universe and that his divine qualities and his eternal nature are clearly seen in that which he created. That's general revelation. Then you've got the specific revelation of God, meaning his plan and his purposes. And that specific revelation is in his son, Jesus Christ. It is, it is the revelation of God for, of his plan for humanity and for all of his creation. And that is in Jesus Christ. And then he has that intimate specific revelation for you. And what that means is that you're a part of the plan and he is revealing his. Plan, his overall plan for the universe and his son, but he's revealing your role in that plan, what you're supposed to be doing in that plan. And just because Abraham, Jacob's grandfather, was a part of the plan, and just because Isaac, Jacob's father, is a part of the plan, does not mean that Jacob is not a part of the plan, or it does not mean that Jacob isn't going to be speaking and dealing with God himself in that plan. He is. God is going to continue to speak to the individual. He speaks to the heart of the individual. He used to speak to nations. He used to speak through prophets and he used to speak through priests. But now he doesn't have to do that because his kingdom is not outside of us, it's inside of us. His spirit is not just upon us, now it's in, in us. And so if that's the case, then he's going to be speaking to you And he's going to be relating these promises, promises that he's given to others also, but he's gonna be relating those promises specifically to you, and specifically to the situations you face in your life. And he's doing that with Jacob, Jacob right here also. He's telling him, I've got these promises, and these promises are for you. And I want you to understand that sure, I gave it to your ancestors, your father and your grandfather, But I am also giving this to you. And you need to understand that this plan that I'm working out, even though you're fixing to go through some struggles, and he's fixing to go through some struggles, even though you're about to go through some struggles, that plan's being worked out in your life by who? By me. He says, behold, I'm with you. He says, and I will keep you wherever you go. Well, that's a, that is a good promise, isn't it? In the New Testament, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In the Old Testament, he's saying "He said to Jacob, I'm with you and I'll keep you wherever you go. You notice that promise is an Old Testament promise. It's a New Testament promise. God is the God of the Old Testament. God is the God of the New Testament. He's continually, regularly at work all around us, all the time. He's always doing, he's always becoming, he's always being, He's always at work all the time around us. And he says to him, look, I'm the God of the big and significant where you don't understand and you can't even imagine. And I'm also the God of the intimate and the private and the personal. And I am actively involved in what you're doing. Even I'm actively involved in, even in what I'm doing right now. I'm involved. He says, behold, I am with you and I'll keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. Notice, I'm gonna bring you back to the land. Remember, land is always a picture of the promises of God. Even when you're in struggles and difficulties, what he's saying is you will always come back to my promises. My promises are yes and amen. They may not be yes and amen in the moment you're in right now, but they are yes and amen for the life you're going to live and the roads you're going to travel. They're yes and amen in the times we live in right now. They are, and it's important to see that. It's important to understand that if even if I'm in a struggle right now, even if I'm in a difficulty right now, his promises are still real for me, even though I may not be realizing them in the moment, I might not be able to see them in the time I'm in right now. His promises are still at work. He's always at work in our lives. He says, he says, for I will not leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Now this is boy, this is a principle we got to dig into a little bit here. Notice, God is going to be glorified by you. That's important. Now, he's going to be glorified by everyone. He's going to be glorified by the lost in that his holiness and his righteousness and his, his, his fiery anger towards sin is real and it's alive. And, it, and those who are lost and those who are not uh, don't walk by faith, they are going to glorify God in their way. And that way is not a good way. It's not, a, it's not one of the ways you want to glorify God. We don't want to be glorifying God's wrath and judgment. We do not want, that's not what we want to be a part of. And anytime he offers you his grace, you got to walk in that grace. And he's not wanting to, for us to be chastised. He is wanting us, for for us to grow. He's wanting us to mature, but he's not wrath and judgment. There are those who are going to glorify that aspect of God's character. And there's just no way to get around it. And they've chosen that. And they're just not going to walk in anything other than that. Those people are not the people that I really have... That I'm, as as far as pastoring goes, they're really not the people that I have anything that I can really do for them. Can't really do anything about that. But for those who are a part of the promises of God, those who are trusting in him, those who hear his voice and those who see his will and his way being worked out in their lives, they have eyes to see and ears to hear. For those people, he says, I'm not going to leave you until I have done what I've spoken to you. Now, for many of you, that means that you're not going to get away. And that's the easiest way for me to say it to you. Look, if God's trying to get you to a place in your life and you know that he, whether you're in rebellion against it or actively seeking after it, I want you to hear me today. He is going to bring that about in your life. He is going to do that in your life. Now, if he has to break you to do it, he will. If he has to chastise you to do it, he will. He's going to bring you to a place where you are not walking in your own ways and in your own will, but you're walking according to his way and his will. And whatever it takes to get you to that place, he is going to do it. Now, we have a tendency to wander off from God's plan and head off into our own direction, walk in our own ways and our own plans. I want you to hear me today. That is immaturity, and it is also unwillingness to realize how things actually are in the universe that we live in. It's a desire for you to be in control of what's going on around you. And I don't know if you know it or not, if you still think you're in control of what's going on around you, you're still immature and you still really don't understand scripture. That you just flat out, there's no way to say it in any other way. You either are closing your eyes to that truth or God has not got you to a place where you can understand and have that truth fully revealed to you because you are not in control. You, it, you are, all you're doing is you're learning how to trust God and to walk by faith in his plan, not your plan. Anything that's your plan is death and destruction. It, there's no life in it at all. Anything that's your plan is n- there's no life in it at all. And you need to understand that. You need to see that and understand that. That's just the way it is. And he is going to bring about his plan and his promises in your life, and especially the ones that he's specifically given to you. He's going to bring them about whether you're actively involved in it right now or not. Now, there's a learning curve that comes with that, and that's important too. We have to learn how to walk with God, but so many people want to give lip service to that, maybe a little bit on Sunday morning, act like they're doing it but then walk in their own will in their own ways during the week and expect that it's going to just work out down the road it's not i want you to hear me today it's not the troubles and many of the troubles and struggles you're going through are due to your unwillingness to chase after god's will for your life and what i would say to you in about that is surrender to it quit running from god's will stop running from god and i don't know what that is for you i have no idea and I could be doing this Bible study, and you could be. It could be a part of a of a podcast down the road, or it could be you could be watching it on Facebook in two weeks from now. I have no idea when you would come across this, but if God's speaking to your heart about what He has for you and your your life in the moment right now, you need to you need to just stop for a minute and realize, quit running from God's will for you, quit walking in fear about it. Quit walking in condemnation about it. Quit trying to do your own thing and feed your own flesh. Stop doing that and do what God has asked you to do. Walk in his will because he's going to bring it about in your life. His kingdom's going to come. His will's going to be done. And by the way, it's not like you're losing anything. You're just losing all the pain and death of your will and your way. And you're gaining all his promises, all those promises that were given to Abraham and Isaac. God said, I'm giving these to you, Jacob, but I wanna personally tell you that I'm giving them to you. And I wanna personally tell you how to walk in them. And I want you to show you how to live your life. And I want you to see that, that whatever's happening around you has everything to do with my will and my way. And it has nothing to do with your will and your way. And if you're walking in pain and suffering, it's because you are struggling or kicking against the goats. You're struggling against what I have planned for you. And the answer to that is just stop. Stop. Quit doing. Chase after God's will. Search his will out for your life. Please allow him to show you his very best. Please allow him to open you up and to change you. And if you do, I promise you, Things will begin to smooth out for you. You'll begin to see things better. There'll be a peace that comes with that. There's an abiding joy that comes with that. There's a hope that comes with that. And so many times we just want to control, control, control everything. And by controlling it, we are choking out the very best that God wants for us. And you're not going to be able to do that forever. You're going to go grow, grow weary and tired in struggling against God's plan for you. Jacob's going to spend a long time struggling against God's plan. He's going to be blessed in the midst of it. But, and a lot of times we're blessed, even though we don't deserve to be blessed, we're blessed in the midst of it. And today, if you hear his voice, turn to him and say, I'm tired of running after my own father. Take those things away from me that I cannot control. And father, allow me to trust you. And you say that to God, I promise you, he will, he will open you up. He'll clean you out, and He will put you on the road to the very best that He has for you. And uh, I'm expecting that for you. I have great expectations. I have a living hope that will be the case for you. And, uh, and I plan to see it and be excited for you. in As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that He'll make His face to shine upon you, and that He will give you hope And peace today in Jesus' name.